the unholy trinity. Revelation chapter 13 verses 11 through 18. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of its name this calls for wisdom let no let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is 666 God bless this reading and understanding of your holy living word. Amen. Good morning and welcome to this continuing look at the book of Revelation. Just a brief review. This is a book that's written by the Apostle John. It's written while he is exiled on the island of Patmos. He is writing what Jesus Christ is saying to him and revealing to him while John is in the spirit where he is seeing things that are yet to come. He tells him he's going to reveal what has been, what is, and what is to come. We are in the part of the book of Revelation where he's revealing things that will occur in the future. We have seen in previous verses and chapters the coming of the dragon, that is Satan, the devil, And then earlier in this chapter, we saw the emergence of the first beast rising out of the sea. This was the Antichrist, anti meaning instead of, which is what Satan always tried to do, was to take the place of God, to get the glory instead of God getting it. And so he arose out of the sea, which means that the sea represents the non-Jewish world, the Gentiles, and then this beast that we're looking at in this second part of chapter 13 arises out of the earth, which means that he was Jewish. This is what some people have called the unholy trinity. Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet who speaks on behalf of them. Everything about Satan and his minions, including the Antichrist as well as the false prophet, 
is is false. Every that is the natural language of Satan is to lie. It says in Scripture that he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So everything he does is a deception. Anything that it appears that he's doing that's good or in any way positive is always a deception. Satan and his minions are the great deceivers. And Satan himself is the father of all liars and the ultimate deceiver. We see that the the false prophet exercises the authority of the Antichrist, and it makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. We talked about that yesterday, that this is is, uh, also a deception to look like the Antichrist, like the one true real Christ, Christ Jesus, was raised from the dead. But this also is a deception. And he talks about the prophet performing great signs, even making fire come down from heaven in front of the people, and that by the signs it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth. Every Again, everything is about deception. What appears to be great signs is just that. It's deception. It's not that Satan doesn't have some power, some satanic power, but and he certainly does, but it's all about deception. There's nothing real about it in the ultimate sense, in the good sense. Then it says the prophet says in verse 14 to make an image for the beast. In other words, make an image for the Antichrist. And this is diametrically opposed to the one true Christ, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, because in in the instance of Jesus, we're warned not to make images, that we're to worship the person, not the image. And of course, here again, the great deceiver departs from truth and works with, with lies and deceptions from start to finish. Even the signs like the calling down of the fire, this is an effort to appear to be like the two witnesses who we haven't spoken much about, but the two witnesses who are witnesses for God, for Jesus Christ. The false prophet is trying to prop up or or give better image to the false messiahship, if you will, of the Antichrist, and those signs and miracles are a part of that overall deception. He is, as it said, after all, Satan's prophet, and Satan is the great deceiver. Jesus spoke of this time in Matthew 24, verses 21 through 25, starting in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 24. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is. Do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. All of the deception that Satan is employing here, Jesus told us in advance that, that he would do that, exactly what he would do. 
And then he speaks of the false prophet. Again, this is John telling us what will occur, that the false prophet will cause all, both small and great, both rich and poor, free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead. Now, we've all heard about how this has to do with the right to to engage in business, the right to buy groceries or the right to buy gasoline or medicine or any of those things, and it is that, but it's also much more than that because it, it speaks of a devotion that these people who have the mark of the beast are saying, we're full-time committed to the beast. And imagine it says some on the forehead. Those would be the ones who go around proudly declaring to the world, I belong to Satan. I belong to the Antichrist. I belong to the great deceiver. Verse 17 says, So that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. The, the, the degree of speculation about the meaning of that number, 666, is almost endless, and I think it's safe to say that no one knows other than God himself what was intended when he inspired John to write this. But I think we can easily draw this from it. The perfect number is seven, and obviously this falls short. All of what we're discussing is a part of the seven years that call the tribulation. I think there might be some disagreement about where within the seven years this falls, meaning some people would think one way and some another. My understanding would be that this happens in the second part of the tribulation, which is often called the Great Tribulation or Jacob's time of Jacob's trouble. But I think this would be in the first part, the earliest earlier part of the the second half of the tribulation, the great tribulation. So if Lord willing, when we come back together again, we'll look at start looking at chapter 14 uh, about the Lamb and the 144,000 who were sealed with Jesus' name. God bless you and keep you until we speak again.